welcome to episode 10 of the LDS Mission Cast. My name is Nick Galetti, and this is our Trek the Movie episode, where we feature interviews with Alan Peterson, who's the director and producer of this upcoming film that's being released by Deseret Book and Excel Films. We also have an interview with David Howard, who is the screenwriter, co-director, and co-producer. And he is joined with Austin Grant and Stefania Barr, who are the lead actors from the film. Now, this is a great family film. This is the latest from a constantly growing genre of Mormon cinema. And I get it. Some of you might ask, what does Trek the movie have to do with missionary work? Stay tuned. We have some great mission stories. We hope to show you how film projects like this have a number of opportunities as a platform for reactivation efforts or to help minister to the youth who are future missionaries. But there's a lot of themes in this movie that I think can help us in understanding how to approach people who are having various faith struggles in their life and so on. But this is a good film for them. The music for this episode comes from Trek the Movie. And our special guest specifically, Stefania Barr, as well as her band, Shrink the Giant. So the music that you're listening to is not only from the soundtrack, but it's from our guest. The whole soundtrack actually features local bands from Utah, which is a really cool addition to this independent film. Last night I was at the premiere and had a great time watching the movie, meeting the cast and crew, as well as the people from Deseret Book and Excel Films who are producing this film and the soundtrack. We are one of the few, if not, I think maybe the only podcast, not sure, that had an opportunity to interview all four of these people about the upcoming film. So that's pretty cool. But to start out, I interview Alan Peterson, the director and co-producer of the film. And following my interview, Kelsey Edwards interviews David Howard, the screenwriter and co-director, co-producer. In that same interview, she has Austin Grant and Stefania Barr, and they give some really fun stories from the production of the movie. Again, here's our interviews with the stars and creative directors of Trek the Movie. The year was 1998. I was in the middle of serving my mission, and Elder Iring hosted a missionary open house video on the plan of happiness. And this is my first introduction to our guest on this episode, Alan Peterson, uh, who was one of the talking heads in that video about the Book of Mormon. You had the the black suspenders, some gold tie, and oh my god! And uh, so fast forward 20 <laughs> years, and I'm uh, I'm at an event in conjunction with the release of this upcoming film, Trek the Movie. And here is introduced the same guy that I saw 20 years earlier. Only now you're behind the camera doing an, a different LDS film, obviously. Right. And uh, so here he is to talk about uh, this upcoming film and some other stuff. Actor, producer, and director of the upcoming film, Trek the Movie, Alan Peterson. Thank you for having me. Boy, that brings back some memories I had not thought about for a long <laughs> time. Well, it was funny because I had this visual just experience where I was like, oh my gosh, that guy looks really familiar. Where have I seen him before? And I think oh, that was back in my long hair days. No, 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 no. You had you had same length hair yeah. as you do now. <laughs> but uh, no, no, that was uh, well. I used to do a lot more on camera stuff. I don't trying to get a film off the ground and going has made it difficult for me to respond to my agents. Oh, I bet requests for auditions and things. So I, I can imagine <laughs> it's a full time job for sure. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're one of those LDS actors that I would say that you've been in different movies mm -hmm. and TV shows, but 
not everybody's going to put the name to the face. No, no, they won't. I, I, I've been, when I've been in stuff, it's been smaller roles and those kinds of things. The most recent uh, piece I was in was TC's film, Cokeville Miracle. Yeah. And was the principal in that. And uh, prior to that, TC had me in uh, Ephraim's Rescue as well. Mm-hmm. But I ended up on the cutting room floor. Ouch. I had like two or three films like that where friends were telling me, you know, you should like do something, you know, the king of the cutting room floor or something because I had so many scenes. <laughs> You'd have some competition for that, I have a feeling. Well, so anyway, but... Uh, the cutting room floor is a very crowded place. Yes, it is. And, uh, and I, I, now I'm, I'm one of those people who's putting people on the cutting room floor. Yeah, exactly. So. Where and when did you serve your mission? Uh, I served in the Italy-Catania mission uh, back in 1983 and 84, and I put my papers in, and shortly after that, they made the announcement of the 18-month switch to the missions. And so I didn't have any choice about that, and then I was also out on my mission when they switched back to two years and didn't have any choice to to be able to extend. So you were 18 months. So I was an 18-month-er. Yeah, I was a short-timer in Sicily. Okay. Now, is that mission still around? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, there, I, if I remember correctly, you have the Milan, the Rome, and then the Catania mission. Okay. So at one time there were five missions there, but uh, Italy's a tough place. It is. It's a tough place. Great place, though. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Beautiful place, but definitely a, a challenge with some of the culture and the people. And I can say that because I have Italian family history. Right, your family. Where is your, <laughs> what part of Italy is your family from? Rome, Lazio Rome. region area. Okay. So n- not as not as far south as you were. Yeah, I actually, I, I've shot a little bit in Rome. Oh, okay. And I've uh, been back there a little bit. I've been back to my mission a bit and would like to get back there again. It's been a while. but uh, You still spent, remember the language? Abbastanza. Ci può parlare un po' di italiano. I spent most of my mission in a little town on the southern coast called Shaka. And it was close to Agrigento, which some people recognize from the, the Roman ruins and that sort of thing. But there was just one family there that were members of the church. So it was a little tiny branch. And I finished my mission there as the branch president. And so I was like the branch president, Relief Society president, primary president. I was <laughs> I was teaching these ladies how to do quilts. I mean, you talk about... Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, it was, I think, back on that. Where did you go. learn that? Well, because we tied quilts, you know, was, okay. it, for, for fundraising things and for charity things at home. And, and so, you know, of course, I'm thinking, well... These ladies got to learn how to tie quilts, uh, you know, ridiculous, but uh, a lot of fun, wonderful people, and uh, stay in touch with this family there. I lost touch with them for for many years, and then as Facebook started getting really big, I thought, yeah. you know, I wonder if I can track down some of these folks on Facebook. So I searched around a little bit and came up with nothing. And about two weeks later, I got a message on Facebook from one of these young women, uh, Rita Sabella. She was typing in, is this the Elder Peterson that was in Sicily back? In <laughs> wow. And I'm like typing, you know, tears streaming down my face. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's me. And so we we go back and forth pretty regularly now. Nice. Which is, it's wonderful. Yeah, Facebook's and I'd, I'd like awesome to for that. There. Yeah, it really is. It's helped me stay in touch with just about everybody from yeah. my mission that I could still find at least. Yeah. So that's that's been great. And I, I hope sometime soon, to, I'd love to take my wife back to yeah. meet some of those folks. And she's, she's now, she communicates with that family even more than I do now. Oh, that's yeah, pretty so that's weird, awesome. huh? Well, let's get to talking about your movie, Trek. Going on Trek has become kind of a thing in yeah. LDS culture since maybe even the late 90s when they did the, the sesquicentennial celebrations, I think. Yeah, I think even earlier. Of, was it even starting I think before even that? earlier, yeah. It would be interesting to go back and kind of trace that yeah. historically and where those things kind of started. Yeah, so we have these people going on a modified version, obviously. They're not going right. through the exact same thing, but... Uh, some have hated and loathed yes. Trek. Others have 
seen it as a life-changing experience. What's your personal connection to Trek? Well, interestingly enough, I've never been on Trek. Oh, okay. Uh, didn't have a chance to do that. My kids have been on Trek. And so my tie to it was uh, when my son went on Trek, Colton, and the kids did a, a, a sacrament meeting. And as I'm sitting there listening to my son and have, and he's relating some of his experiences on Trek, you know, I just thought, this would make the best movie. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, I've already got a script. So I had a script that David Howard had sent me oh, okay. that had been sitting on my shelf for years. And so pulled it out, read it, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. So that's when the process started to get the film made. So in terms of connections, that's it, it's kind of distant. But I, I love the idea of, of putting ourselves in a situation where we have to do hard things because I think a lot of a lot of our effort in society today is avoiding hard things. And if something's hard, there's something wrong with it or or you're not doing it right or things shouldn't take effort. Or it's unnatural. Exactly. Exactly. And and that is not the case. We should be we should be willing to take those hard things and face those hard things because that is the forge in which really our character is tested and formed. So so I think it's a great a great thing. I think it's a great opportunity for young people in particular. Yeah. You mentioned the writer. David. Yes. yes. And he's he's more known for Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Uh David is a really talented talented writer in so many ways. He also he's also written uh, a couple of Broadway musicals and I had the chance to see one of them on on Broadway. Which one? It was, it was off Broadway. It was called Well, he when he wrote it, it was called um Falling for Eve. Okay. And it's about Adam and Eve in the garden, but Adam chooses to stay and Eve chooses to go. So she leaves the garden and it's about her as she comes back regularly to meet with Adam and you see her growth and you, and then Adam eventually sees that growth and this person that she's become and he wants to become like that. Wow. And so he eventually follows her. That's kind of a cool twist on Oh, things. it's fantastic. It's a fantastic show. Great music. Um, so David's not just a good screenwriter. He, he does a lot of great things and... And one of the things that I really have grown to appreciate about David in in this uh, producing this script is that he's known as a, as a great comedic writer, Galaxy Quest, of course. But what really makes Trek special is that David found the humanity of these characters and made them very, very real and very, very relatable. And that is what I think people are going to come away from this film really feeling. They'll laugh, they'll have a good time, but they're going to feel this journey that this character goes on. And that's where I think... David's genius is. And now David co-wrote it with uh, another uh, writer named John Enos. John Enos is also an actor. He uh, he plays Tom's dad in our film. Okay. And also a very talented, talented, gifted performer. And so we were just really fortunate to have this, this blend of these talents to yeah. create this script for us. Now, there was a mix of LDS and non-LDS actors in right. the film. Was that intentional or that just kind of how it worked out in the casting? Well, it was intentional, but it was not conscious in this sense. Um, okay. As I was putting this film together, I really wanted an opportunity to, to impact people's lives. And so, you know, I prayed about that. I said, look, Heavenly Father, I've been given this great opportunity. Point me to or bring people to me who can benefit from this and that we can benefit from their association. So we never asked whether or not, to this day, I don't really know who, I know some of the, the cast and crew that are members, but I don't know a lot of them. I don't know if they're members or not. And so we didn't care about that. We didn't ask about that. We just wanted people who we knew could help us tell the story. And so I think because of that, we got this really interesting blend of members and non-members that I think really helped the film become what it is. Because I, I didn't want to do something that was just just for 
you know, kind of right down the middle of the road members of the church. We wanted something that would appeal across the board and hopefully appeal to people who maybe aren't even members or members who are struggling okay. and don't feel like they fit in, but can see in Tom's journey some of the questions that they have. So I, I, I think we accomplished that. I hope we did. Let's tell the story real quick. We talk about Tom, so go ahead and tell Tom's story. The The film is about a young man named Tom whose dad bribes him to go on their stake pioneer trek. Right. And in the first few minutes of the film, you understand that Tom, he's not going to church anymore. He is, he's got a lot of questions about the gospel. About and God. About God. And you find out through the process of the film that there was an event that occurred the year before on a church activity and that really profoundly impacted him and really made him ask that question, you know, how would God let let bad things happen to good people? Why? Why would that happen? So he's struggling with that and trying to figure out if God's really out there. And so this experience puts him back in a situation with his friends who he's kind of disconnected from, and it puts him in a circumstance where eventually he has nothing left to rely on but what faith he may have left. That little seed. Exactly. Because that seed's in all of us. I mean, we know that the light of Christ is in all men. And when the right conditions are applied, that light can kindle and can, can burn and testify to us about truth. And so Tom gets put in that circumstance. And then he has to make a choice. Is he going to be willing to exercise that little bit of faith he's got left or not? And so in this circumstance, he does exercise that. And it has, we hope, what you know appear to be some positive ramifications yeah. for him. Well, there's even a character that's not a member of the church that yeah. goes along with Trek from a, a cousin, I believe, right? It was a familial right. connection. The, the, the uh, female lead, uh, Anna, played by Stefania Barr, is uh, a cousin of one of the group of friends that goes on Trek. And she has come from California. And l- during the film, you find out why she's there and the journey that she's on as well. And you find out that she's on a similar journey to the one that Tom is on. Yeah. And it's interesting because normally when you say when you have a church film, in air quotes, right. when you have a church-based film, you tend to want the person solving people's problems to be a member of the church. Right. And in this case, the two people that are at the heart of the drama, if you will, tend to be the people that are most questioning their faith. Right. Um, it's a different theme. It, it is. And we've seen, I think, an interesting progression in, in Mormon cinema. The fact that there is even something called Mormon cinema is pretty <laughs> it's remarkable. A big deal, yeah. You look back at the at the Richard Dutchers and the um, Garrett Baddies and the Adam Abels and Ryan Littles and and you know of course T C Christensen and these people who have really shaped this idea that there is something called Mormon cinema. And I think we're at a point now where we're going to start seeing uh, an even broader type of story being told in Mormon cinema because I think that through the efforts of these directors and people that I've just mentioned we've come to realize that, you know what, we have really good stories, really powerful stories that deserve to be up on the big screen. I mean, when I, when I sat down and, and watched um, 17 Miracles, TC's film at the premiere there, I remember seeing that and thinking, we do have stories that deserve to be on the big screen. Look at this film. Epic. Yeah. And so I think now we're going to be able to start telling those stories in ways that we can own them. I mean, we are peculiar people, okay? Let's just be And clear. a lot of early Mormon cinema was about the peculiarities of Mormon. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so I think we can own that and realize that even so, there are a lot of other peculiar people out there. And the fact that we are all kind of peculiar makes us all, I mean, we're, we're brothers and sisters. We sure. really are. And so our stories can relate to these other brothers and sisters out there. And so hopefully uh, we'll just continue to see more and more and more broad story 
ideas and 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 hopefully be able to spread that even broader uh, yeah. in culture at large. Now, what were the impressions of the people that you knew were not LDS actors in the film? What were their impressions of the whole project? Honestly, when we started, I didn't know who was you didn't and who know. wasn't. I had no idea. But you do know, you know now. Some well, I know them. some of them, but some of them I don't. Some okay. of them I still don't have any idea if they're LDS or not. The one, the one specific example, our script supervisor was not a member of the church, Judy Bell. And she was from back east by way of Hollywood. And so she's had a very different kind of experience. I mean, more of a real movie kind of sure. experience that you think about. And so she got this script. She looked through it. She read it. And as we were working on the film, there were a couple of times she said, you know, I really like this story. Sometimes I have no idea what you're talking about, but I really like this story. Yeah. And so that was, that was really telling to me. It made me feel like, okay, we've got something here that's working. Did you go back and rewrite it so that she would understand it better? No. no? Uh-uh. Just left it as it is? No, we approached the film as an inside baseball movie. Okay. That This is targeted towards a Mormon audience because I think you do a better job if you target a specific niche. And, sure. And that is Mormons. Clearly what this is. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not trying to kid ourselves that this is going to cross over and you know go on the thousand screens or anything like that. But we did try to tell it in a way so that that it was a good story, fundamentally a good story that could be appreciated by anybody. And so that story is about this kid's journey and questioning his reason for life. Sure. So that's that's common. People get that. One of the things I think helped that is the 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 origin of the story was three guys on a fishing trip. Rich Radden, Ted Hinckley, and Ryan Benson were friends. Uh, Rich had at one point worked for John Hughes, and his film company in Chicago. And John Hughes did a lot of teen angst kinds of comedy movies back in the 80s and 90s. And so Rich had the idea, why couldn't we do something like that but set it in a Mormon arena? Yeah. And so they got talking about that. They actually, they were on a fishing trip, camping trip, and they sat around the campfire and started kind of bubbling up these ideas and things. And then they got those ideas to John. John worked on it, and then they took it to David, and David really kind of pulled the whole thing together. So from the get-go, it was this idea of let's find a really good story that we can then put in a Mormon arena. And so hopefully that allows it to to speak to an audience that's not just members of the church. Though, again, if it's going to be successful, it's going to be successful within the Mormon world, the jello belt, we call it, you know. And if it's going to work, it's going to work there. If it doesn't work there, then you and I will not get the opportunity to have these kind of conversations in the future. (laughs) So this is being released on April 6th, correct? Correct. And that's where? Just primarily in Utah? Yes, it will be. Well, okay, it's not totally true. Now we can say that we have a multi-state release. Oh, watch out. It goes, it'll be from Logan to Mesquite. I just found out today that they're opening in a theater in Mesquite, Nevada. So <clears throat> 24 theaters um, along the Wasatch Front, down through St. George and into Nevada. And then if we if we get a strong opening weekend, that will create opportunities to take it elsewhere. And I, I think at best it would go southern Idaho, down into Arizona, uh, maybe southern California, anywhere you can find a, a nucleus of, of LDS folks. We can, you know, think about the opportunity to, to get it out there. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about the movie? They can go to our Facebook page, Facebook, uh, Trek the Movie, and our website, trekthemovie.com, has all the theaters listed, and you just click on those and, and purchase tickets. Or you can go to the websites for Cinemark Theater Chain or for the Larry Miller Megaplex Theaters. And, and another thing I just found out um, is that there will be a couple of sneak peek screenings on the 5th 
And there will also be a sneak peek this weekend on the 31st, kind of a 6 o'clock and then like a 940 screening. But I can't remember what theaters those are at, so you'd have to go to our website. Gotcha. Now, I want to give some kind of Google search hints. If you type in Trek the movie, you might find it. But there's also a lot of Star Trek Trek. movie stuff that's kind of cluttered in there. So you want to put Trek the movie all one word. Right. And that will get you to where you need to be. Exactly. uh, Yeah, so there's a lot of the Star Trek stuff. And so we just say to boldly go where no handcart has gone before. (laughs) I love it. Might as well embrace it, right? Exactly. And he kind of... uh, mocks the Trek culture in his Galaxy Quest movie, so it all seems kind of fitting anyway, right? A little bit, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, last question. Mm-hmm. In what ways is making this movie similar to being a missionary? That's a really interesting question. Making a movie is really, really challenging. It's really hard to do, to get it to happen. A lot of um, moving parts. Yeah, a good friend of mine said that you know, getting a movie made is a sheer act of will. You just have to will it to happen. And as a missionary... I think similarly, you have to you have to be willing to put that kind of effort every day. You've got to get up every day and put one foot in front of the other and keep going because it can be discouraging. It can be really, really tough to be a missionary. And so if you don't have that willingness to just grit your teeth and keep going, it can be really disappointing. It can be really hard. I mean, you know, Italy, there were not a lot of folks that wanted to give up their Roman Catholicism. And so we found other ways to to love the people and to be a part of their lives. And in doing that, found, just for me, found had a, a remarkable experience. I loved my mission experience, loved the people. And so if I was looking a missionary in the eye and telling him what I had learned from my experience that could add to theirs, it would be that uh, don't give up, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And as I experienced on this movie, uh, I, saw, I saw miracles happen every day on this movie and definitively felt the hand of the Lord in my life. And as a missionary, you can you can accomplish the same thing. Yeah. That dedication every day, being willing to continue to just do the job, and the Lord will bless you, and he will make miracles happen for you. It helps to know that, this, that God's on your side, right? Or that you're on his. Right. And... I think that based on what you've told me, it sounds like that was very similar, that you had a, a sense of purpose that was divinely connected. This this project was a tender mercy, a gift, all of those kinds of words that you can think of. And I, as I said, I saw miracles happen every day. I don't think that that has anything to do with whether or not the film's going to be a success. But what it did teach me was that my Heavenly Father knows me intimately, knows what's important to me, and is willing to be a part of that and to willing and willing to help me accomplish the things that mean a lot to me. And so his hand in the process of this film was just a complete and no strings attached demonstration of his love for me. You know, I, I believe that he's willing to be that way with each one of us, that he will be that closely related, that closely involved in our lives for no other reason that he just loves us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in and sharing oh, my not only your mission experiences, but talking about this new movie. Again, Alan Peterson is director of Trek the Movie. You can go to trekthemovie.com. Right. We'll have a link to that in the show notes for this episode at ldsmissioncast.com. Thank you again for coming in and, and talking about thank it. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey 
everyone. We are here today with some of the incredible cast members and the writer for Trek the Movie. You've probably heard of Trek the Movie, and we are so excited to be sitting down with these amazing people. So here with us, we have David Howard, who is the writer of Trek, and we have Austin Grant and Stefania Barr, who are the leads of the movie. So, um, hey guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I'm just going to read some quick bios here. So David Howard was born in Cedar City, Utah. He graduated from Southern Utah University with a bachelor's degree in theater. He's also the holder of a Master of Fine Arts degree from the University of Utah and a master's degree in theater from Penn State University. Wow. <laughs> That's way too much school. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> he is a writer and producer known for Galaxy Quest and now Trek the Movie. Yeah. Thanks so much yeah. for coming, David. Thank it's you. like more school than my life. Right? right. No one, I'm, if, if there's one thing they can learn here is don't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. No, I think that's incredible. Good for you're you. You're a for master. Getting... You have, you I'm have a double master. You're a double, double master. master. Like a Big Mac master. Too. How many masters till you're a Jedi? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real question. I love that. And then actor Austin Grant got his start in acting. Um, he auditioned for a school play for fun and had no idea it would change his life. He went to the University of Utah and the acting program on scholarship, but left early to pursue film. Since that time, he has worked in many films, commercials, television, and professionally on stage with some of the biggest names in the industry, including Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, John Bernthal, Kevin Costner, Josh Hartnett, and Wes Bentley, to name a few. He's also the star of the brand new movie, Trek. And then last but certainly not least, we have Stefania <laughs> Barr, who is from the Park City area. She got her start acting when she was seven years old. And since then, she's worked in films, commercials, TV pilots. She's worked on Disney Channel, and she works frequently with the Sundance Institute. Um, she got her degree from UVU in filmmaking and has worked on both sides of the camera. She's a filmmaker and an actor, which is super cool. Um, she was just recently in Small Town Crime with actress Octavia Spencer, and she now plays Anna in Trek the Movie. Also, this is really cool, but <laughs> Stefania has an amazing band called Shrink the Giant that I just love, and they have two songs in the soundtrack, so... That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was a, a lot, lot of talking. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much for being here. Super excited. So how are you guys feeling about this movie coming out? What are, what's, what's the general emotion? How are you feeling? Well, Austin? I think generally David. we're pretty happy with it. Um, yeah. You know, when you think, you start out with a film, you, you have, first you have an idea, then you have a script, then you have production, then you have post-production, and... I, I'm sure there are a lot of films where somewhere along the line you start thinking this is a train wreck and a disaster. <laughs> and I think everyone is really pleased with how with everyone's work. That's the, the coolest thing about it is um, we've had really, really great work from the beginning on. Yeah, absolutely. Starting with a wonderful script. Oh, and yeah. then... It always starts there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then just a phenomenal team, like... I don't know. It felt like a dream team. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, the department heads were just, like, on point, you know. Uh, Wes, who shot the movie, he's incredible. The mm-hmm. movie's got great visuals. Some stuff that's a little more, like, has artistic element to it, where it's, like, not your typical type of framing, you know, just basic coverage. But mm-hmm. getting, you know, these really wide master shots and just not ever cutting and leave it there or, you know, stuff like that. And so it's got a yeah. different flavor to it that's, I think, going to be different. I just said different, like a lot. <laughs> uh, well, that's different. Super different. And, yeah. And, uh, well, uh, having such a collaborative effort on set, uh, so you get a group of really creative, talented people together, and there's going to be cool collaboration that happens, and uh, I think we surprised ourselves a lot by making decisions that none of us expected, which 
turned out really, really well. And I think I think people are going to be very impressed by the film. Uh, it's of pretty high caliber. A lot of happy accidents where, you know, mm. if someone asks, you're like, oh, we definitely planned that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and there were a lot of choices that we made just because we didn't have time or money to do it the way I we, mean, we were thought it should have been done. So it, it, it was like eight so pages fast. a day. Or yeah. Wow. So, was it that many, or did days, I just make that number yeah, up? No, no, there were, there <laughs> it was probably days. thirty pages think, yeah. a day. I think like <laughs> minimum four to five pages. Like, oh, well, but there were some eight, nine. Yeah, there were some high level pages. Page days. That's a lot. We were saying over lot. at ABC that uh, that the last day of the big bulk of shooting, the very last day, we, it was an all night shoot. And we were like, come on, you guys, the sun's rising. We got to hurry. Trying to beat the oh sun. Oh, my gosh. Those yeah. shoots are the worst. I've been on a few of those. Yeah. And you're just like brutally tired. You're trying to beat the sun. You're like, we just got to get this done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Intense. That That's so oh, that's so fun. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen it yet. but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it with people. and Because uh, I've only been to that one screening where it's just like a select few of cast and a couple friends of Arthur's and stuff like that. Uh, and then one other screening at the Gateway. Okay. And, uh, but the movie's changed a lot since then. So yeah, it, it hasn't been it's really been, finished until a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like last night. They're like, oh, <laughs> right, <we got laughs> last it. night. Oh, I've done that before. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, yeah, and Stefania, you were mentioning that, like, the previous versions, you weren't able to see it with your songs in the sound, like, in the in the movie. But yeah. now you'll be able to see it with the songs in there, which yeah, is cool. Yeah, so there have been a lot of uh, test screenings and previews for big audiences, like great audience turnout. People are really excited about the film, which is fun to see that response um, even before the movie comes out. I think it's going to do really, really well. But yeah, it, the soundtrack hasn't been finalized. So this tonight, the premiere will be the first time I'm seeing the film with Shrink the Giant songs in the soundtrack, which is really exciting. So cool. um, but Shrink the Giant isn't the only local band that's part of the soundtrack. There are several bands I, and I'm also featured, not featured, but like I helped record the song, that's the ending credit song, the band The Fangs, as a recording engineer. And I also sing backup vocals, which was a funny cool. coincidence. I can't even get into the story. It's like crazy coincidence how that happened. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool local bands on the soundtrack. So that'll be cool to see. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. And can we just talk about how talented Stefania is? Seriously, she does everything. <laughs> There's nothing Stefania. this girl doesn't do. <laughs> You're amazing. Oh. You're oh, all I just want to mention that uh, when you brought up uh, the like pre-screenings for like bigger audiences, and it's not like a couple people in a room watching it. My mom and uh, my parents live in St. George, and I guess this has happened to a couple of the other screenings where they actually have had to turn people away because mm-hmm. she said in St. George, the line, the movie started at, I don't know, let's just say six o'clock. <laughs> and uh, the line started at five, and they had to turn people away by 5.30 or something like that. It was Whoa. like it's just incredible. Yeah, sold out 200, 300 people. That's it's like, wow. Man, I love are, that. Lining up already. That's mm-hmm. cool. So, There's yeah, I'm really excited. Traction. It's neat to see that people are getting really excited about this. How have you felt about seeing yourself on billboards? Because literally, I was just driving down to this interview, and I saw both of you on a billboard on my way here. <laughs> have you seen any of those I yet? haven't seen any of them. I've gotten pictures from Yeah, yes. I saw you driving down here. You're on the billboard, so. <laughs> I'm everywhere. It's kind of surreal. Like, the first, time, the first time I saw it was a few weeks ago. I was driving to work on another set. And it was, like, an early morning, and I was the first AD, so I had, like, like all these things on my mind. Like, people I was calling and texting and just, like, insanity. And then, like, uh, this this breath of a moment. <laughs> I see myself on a billboard, <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, like I didn't even some doves flew by. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't even know how to react to it, but it was just like, 
wow, that exists. <laughs> and then I've gotten all the all the texts and the phone calls from people I know and people reaching out. And um, the funniest, the absolute funniest thing is my little brother, who's also an actor, uh, looks a lot like me. We used to like dress up as twins when we were kids. We're almost three years apart, but we look very similar. And he's had people recognize me through him. <laughs> like he'll have people, random people stop him and say, is your sister in that Trek movie? No way. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you have the same face. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's just absurd. That but so that's funny. like one of the funniest parts about it. No, you guys do look a lot alike, so I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I, I, I just think that's that's like a really exciting part. So that's cool. I, I've seen you guys' face every day when I drive by them all, and I'm like, there's Stefani, there's my friend. It's so cool. Okay, so I feel like we can't be visiting with you without talking about Galaxy Quest and how of course. this all came to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like, ah, oh, here it is. But I mean... The movies are pretty different, and, and so I, I'm curious how that all came together, how, you know, you went from writing Galaxy Quest to writing Trek the movie, and what the process of that was. What's interesting is that the movie that I wrote on spec was Galaxy Quest, and the movie that I was asked to write was Trek, <laughs> which is usually opposite <laughs> the of the opposite, way things yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote a script called Captain Starshine, and this is, you know, in 1990-something, 95 is when I started with that, I think. I'd come to L.A. to be a screenwriter, and I was temping, and I was, you know, I'd take my floppy drives to the office, and I would do my work there because a lot of times there wasn't anything for me to do. So I would uh, work on this script that I really liked, and, you know, what Galaxy Quest turned out to be, it was about this actor who had played a Captain Kirk-type character, and, you know, he gets accosted by these aliens at a convention and they want him to be their hero and it goes off from there. But I, you know, I, I wasn't represented. I never sold anything. Uh, and I, I gave it to a good friend who had worked for a production company. And I just was asking her name was Sona Gregoris. And I said, Sona, do you know any agents? I'd like to see if they could take a look at this. And she read it. She said, you know, I like this. Would you, how would you feel if, if I tried to get this produced? And I went, that sounds great. So she she made it happen. You know, she went back, she went to the company that she worked with and that was how it started. From there it went to an agency and from there it went to a studio. So that's how that happened. Uh, and that, I mean, that <laughs> was that hands. was surreal. Yeah, awesome. uh, the, one of the strangest days was the day that I went to the set. They were making it really quickly and there were, f I think, five sound stages that they were using at that point. So I'm walking around looking at all these different sets and there's... Tim Allen over there, and I'm thinking, wow, this started in, in my cubicle when I was temping, and it's <laughs> all, all, this, all these people are working on this. It's this huge thing. So that was really very exciting. And then Trek happened, and you were just like, wow, look at these <laughs> yeah. actors. <laughs> <laughs> Cooler than Tim well, Allen. Well, okay, let me just say, let me just say that artistically, Trek has been every bit as exciting and fulfilling because, um, I mean, that started, uh, that started when a good friend of mine approached me. His name is Rich Radden. And he and two friends, Ted Hinckley and Ryan Benson, they were all into film. And uh, Rich was from Chicago, and he had he was working for John Hughes, or he had worked for John Hughes. I don't know if he was still working there, but they were on, on a camping trip or something, and they were talking about John Hughes's movies and just how successful they were and how they, you know, they, they were so funny, but they had heart, and everybody just loved them. And they thought, is there a way we could write a Mormon movie that could kind of capture that feeling. And it was their idea. They said, what about a pioneer track? That mm -hmm. might be a really cool scenario where you could do both, where you could have funny, funny hijinks, and then you could have 
something human and, you know, interesting and maybe important happening, you know, alongside that. And so they came to me and asked me if I wanted to write that. And I went, oh, that's kind of intriguing. So that's how that happened. Wow. Um, so so that's why you decided to write the script is you felt like it'd be like a really good kind of inspiring yeah, story. Yeah, it, it, just, it just seemed, well, you know, you the way they pitched it to me, they, this is a, a, a reference that a lot of people aren't going to get, but they said, we want to do a Mormon meatballs. Now, those of you, <laughs> there are a lot of people who probably don't know meatballs. It's this Bill Murray movie that is, it, it should be studied in a film class because it's really well constructed, but it's just, it's a summer camp movie and it's like, okay, Mormon kids out in the desert running around doing crazy things, you know, what can happen, what can go wrong, what sort of crazy characters can you put out there and so that's where it started okay so as actors austin and stefania what what about the script what about the story like drew you to it that you're like i want to be part of this i wanted a job <laughs> <laughs> okay but especially for you because you're not a member of the lds church right yeah so there had to be something about the story that you're like yeah this is a good story i, I can tell from the, uh, the audition sides it was uh there's a one of the climactic moments of the movie um it was that was the audition scene along with a dance scene um with Stefania's character and I and uh, I could just tell from the writing that it was like you can tell when there's good writing you mm-hmm. just you, it reads off the page I had the same experience with and the sides as soon as you read it you're like this seems like it's going to be something you know at le- you have no idea what to expect until you're really on set but you can at least get a gauge of from the script alone yeah. if, this if is, the right people if this mm-hmm. is in the right people's hands it's going to be good because you can all, you know absolutely make a great script into a terrible movie but if you you can't really make a bad script into a good movie Mm -hmm. and so it always starts there and so that was i could tell the characters felt fleshed out and felt more real than uh you typically get yeah i had a i had a very similar experience uh reading the sides i heard that the movie was going to happen from one of my filmmaker friends uh several months previously and I was like, oh, yeah, right, a Trek movie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I just rolled my eyes at it. And then I saw, you know, you get the email from your agent, and you're like, oh, okay, well, now I'm going to go audition for this thing that I rolled my you eyes at. You were dogging it. Oh, great. And then I, I started reading through the sides, and I was like, you know, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised about this. And then I had the same experience after auditioning and after getting the part, getting the full script, I had the same experience reading the full script. Like, you know, if these people can pull it off, this is going to be a good movie. We were lucky to have David and Alan, our directors, and all the other department <laughs> heads, and they pulled it off. I, I really think they did. I actually wasn't supposed to audition for Tom. The original audition was for uh, the, the making out guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Typecaster? <laughs> yeah. I was the, ma- the makeout guy, and uh, I remember I, I got it, and I was like, emailed McCarty back, and I was like, because I got the character breakdown, and I was like, did they send out sides for the Tom character? And they're like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they did. And I was like, please send me those. And so then they <laughs> sent me those, and then I auditioned for that, and then got a call back for it. And then we had, I think, a whopping... Three days, three days, yeah, yeah. of preparation mm-hmm. before we filmed. Are you serious? We got yeah. the script on Friday and filmed Monday. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> every second we could on set, we were both like running away from everything, opening up the folders, and just like trying to read and study the script because we just didn't have we just didn't have the time to make all the decisions nope. and the intricacies yeah. and figure out the journey. But just kind of understand your character, regard. you yeah. know. <laughs> it was fun because it we didn't actually get to explore the story until we were in that environment out in the wilderness like it was a lot of thinking on your feet a little bit yeah it was not cushy filming but what's so cool about that is is we got a really 
honest, fresh take from from people mm-hmm. with every scene to begin with because they hadn't had a chance to for it to get stale. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. nothing was too rehearsed. Or- yeah. Some of my favorite moments on set were just those moments right before, like, oh crap, we're about to do this scene. Austin, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, we would we would just come up with these ideas of how we were gonna make the scene pop, which I think I just hit the microphone yeah. when I said the word pop. So, <laughs> hope you enjoy that. But those those were some fix of the funnest post. moments. Yeah, fix it in post. <laughs> uh, just collaborating and creating and establishing those characters in context. It was a really new experience. For me, we did fun. a lot of that. We did a lot of that um, just in terms of the whole process uh, because we had so little time and we didn't have a lot of money that we made a lot of decisions that were based in the moment. How do we deal with this? We've got, we have nine pages that we have to do today and the sun's going down and we still got a half a page to do. How are we going to do this? Well, let's just do it in one shot rather than get coverage. Getting, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and those are some of my favorite scenes of those ones Same. where we Same. just... Same, that's cool. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys, what were some of the highlights? What were some of your favorite things to film? Some of the hardest things to film? The funniest things to film? Any, like, highlights that you can mention? Um, I think the, the funnest was the river rafting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the river rafting. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wasn't invited. Oh, she didn't get to go. These girls don't go on Boy Scout trips. Interesting. Well. Okay. No, no bitterness there. She's not bitter. No bitterness. No, no, no. no anger. Uh, the air's a little thick I know. over here. It got really uncomfortable uh, in this room all of a sudden. Oh, man. That was fun because I didn't have any lines. Was, uh, not that I didn't have to act or perform, but it was like, it felt very like we're just going down to have fun. And that's kind of what we were filming, anyways, is kids out doing that, having fun, anyways. So yeah. I didn't feel pressured or. Anything like that. That was probably the funnest thing. That's good. I'll tell you one of the tense. There were two two things that happened that were that were really tense. The first one was the first sequence that we shot is a scene with a skunk, <laughs> and um, the skunk that we got ha- was a a baby, so it's just you know little. Oh, so wow. cute. And um, <laughs> they what we found out when they got there with a the skunk is that you can't descent a skunk when it's a baby. So. <gasps> So it we had a, a live set, sc- scented skunk there crawling over. Yeah, and Al- I think Alan was the only one who knew that. Yeah, I knew so that. He was, we oh, knew that. You guys but, knew but that. I, I don't think we mentioned it to Ryan. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody else knew that. We no. were all like, oh, it's does fine. You know it's deglanded. I, oh, I don't know if he does or not. He, he does need to know. Uh, so right. But, you know, it's like, like crawling <laughs> over his face, and, and, I'm, and I'm just going, okay, this is the moment of truth. Either... It's the, happening it's the or it's not. Of, yeah, you know, yeah. this is movie. Is this meant to How be made? How is this or? movie going to work? <laughs> yeah. Literally, first shot. Of so we had the this. Whole yeah, movie. and it, I mean, it was great. I, when you watch it, you'll just go, "Oh, it's a, how did they get this? It's amazing." Yeah, it's so just good. the behavior of the animal is is it, it looks like it looks like it's digital or something. Yeah, because it couldn't it's so be perfect, more perfect. You know, did anyone get sprayed then? No. Wow, that's a miracle. It was a very sweet little Trek miracle. Yeah, yeah, and we were all holding it. You know, I think there's pictures on the website of people. Holding it and yeah, skunk you know, has a bright career. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. They always joke that animals are like the number one animals and kids, right? Are the two things you don't, don't do want to work with on right. a film set. Right. Yeah, but like working with a skunk, like that's a next level animal. I know. Yeah, <laughs> for I know. sure. Very impressed that you guys did for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll say one of the challenges on set were just the phil- physical elements yeah. of this movie. Long the resets, days. you know. Yeah. You push the hand cart all the way to the camera. All right, reset. All right. Yeah, it was very physically grueling. Like, I lost weight on the set, and we were sweating. It was, like, 105 degrees almost every day, and we didn't have very good shelter. So it was just, it was like we had people passing out from heat exhaustion, dehydration. We, I mean, everyone was... The filmmakers did their best to take care of everyone, but it was just that was really only the first grueling. Day, right? 
No, we had, we had a few yeah, of these. There were, there were a couple yeah. of people that... Yeah, and then there was that one time that we were filming the scene where Avery's character was passing out, and as soon as we cut, I'm like, (sighs) and I like fall into the grass, and I actually pass out. (laughs) I was like, wow, like scene stealer, like needed some more attention (laughs) here, didn't I? I'm going to pass out too. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you like the rewrite, David. (laughs) Yeah. So not very cushy filming conditions, it sounds like. Those were some exhausting long days. Yeah. It's definitely one of those kind of movies where it's like, you got to just totally know... Going into it, that it's going to be a physical, almost like you're going out on a camp kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going on a camp and you're going to yeah. film stuff. And I've heard Stefania say that this felt more like her like uh, real trek experience in terms of the hardship and the, yeah, the, the challenges f- that you faced the than, than the one that elements. you did with yeah. your ward. So many, you know, whenever you did that. So you've been on right. trek before? Yeah, I okay. went on trek when I was a teenager. I would say the difference was the f- grueling element was stretched out over three weeks instead of three yeah. days <laughs> but uh it, it was definitely pretty challenging just physically and then there was like the one night that we were filming in the creek and so everybody we all get super wet covered in water and then my clothing and of course we didn't have uh doubles of yeah, anybody's we didn't have wardrobe oh, doubles no. so and it was fine in the daytime like everything's drying off and it's fine um, but we're shooting through the night and my skirt was like thick wool and so that thing was not going to get drier. How about that that same day when we had to go lay down in the grass and your oh, hair, yeah. her hair got <laughs> annihilated by the bristle, those little sticky bristle yeah, things that stick to your clothes stickers. and it takes forever to get them I out. I like laid in them. a bush and yeah, I probably had like 150 little stickers in my hair. It, it was a solid like half an hour of them like putting like oil and stuff on your hair to get yeah. them to kind of like... Filter out. And yeah, whatnot. it was one of those things where, like, you you stand up and everyone just goes silent. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's got, it's bad, isn't it? It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's terrible. really cool? Uh, this is These are the sort of things that, that you sit back now and you laugh at. But there was a real... A real pulling together, a real team yeah. thing that was happening there where, where it, people really worked together and they really were giving their all. And we were so appreciative of the good spirits that everybody had and how hard everyone was trying and how they were just really focusing and doing great yeah, work. Yeah, crew was on and, point. Mm-hmm. Crew did a great yeah, job they of did. getting Yeah, they were fantastic too. Ready yeah. to rock and... Because it wasn't easy. I mean, we get to go sit on their tents and drink water in between takes, but they're still out hustling yeah. and yeah, setting right. up. And it's like, man, props to them mm-hmm. for Crew doing a, a good job. job. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the it's the dream and the hope when you're doing independent film that your crew becomes a family. And we totally did. Like, by the end yeah. of the shooting, we were all so close. And it just, it was awesome. It was just such a ideal scenario. Awesome. Okay, I just have one last question for you guys. I would love to know, so for David, which character do you relate the most with? And then for you two, how do you relate to your characters? Or maybe is there another character that you do relate more with? I relate with the skunk. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I probably relate most with Tom, the main character, because, uh, you know, I've had my own doubts about what I believe, you know, and I've had experiences in my life where things haven't gone according to plan. And I've had questions about things. And one of the things that we really wanted to do in this film is we wanted to create a story that kind of reflected 
the reality of living on this planet a little more than than some films of this nature do. I mean, we mm-hmm. we didn't want to have like real easy answers. We wanted there to be questions in the end. And and pe- when people see this, I, I hope that they will appreciate the fact that it doesn't all tie up neatly with a bow like some faith-promoting films do because life doesn't do that. You know, there are questions that we never get answers to. And I have been through that journey personally, not like like Tom does, but there, like I said, there have been events in my life that I've I've still don't have figured out, but I've learned to kind of accept them and deal with them and go on. Yeah, I would say uh, Tom as well. Just the, I, I've been through that as well. That uh, frustration that uh, of you're kind of you don't know, you feel like you're in limbo a little bit. And he he's similar to me in that I sometimes when I get in those positions in life, I tend to like seclude myself, and that's what Tom does because Tom and Anna are kind of like the the yin-yang of each other. They're both, mm-hmm. like, in similar positions, but she's looking for answers. Tom's running away from them. Yeah. And uh, wants to... Anytime someone offers a hand, it's, uh, mm, want to go the other way, whereas, you know, you're a little more curious, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Tom is on the inside looking out, and Anna's on the outside mm-hmm. looking in, and both are searching for something, uh, both want peace, both want answers, both want hope, um, but... Kind of know, approach it differently. They yeah, do. they approach it differently. And uh, just as an individual, I frankly, I, I relate to both sides of that. And it wasn't hard for me to get into character as Anna. She's very earnest and um, sincere in her in her searching, but she's definitely not stupid. And she she just she just wants the truth. And I think that's something people can relate to. And and frankly, that's what Tom is looking for, too. He just he just wants the truth. And he's sick of feeling like he can't find it. And this this is like really heavy actor I know. stuff. It's, like the movie is a comedy. It's a comedy with a skunk. OK, let's not forget <laughs> yeah, that. It's a comedy with a skunk. This is how we talk to actors about their character. Yeah. Trek. Trek. Yeah, we talk, Ellen and I, the trekkening. Yeah. But no, it's the fact that there are those emotional subtexts those layers that the characters really do go on a journey. I think that's what sets this film apart, and uh, I think people are going to relate to it in a lot of ways they didn't expect. Like, I think people are seeing the trailers and the billboards and stuff and thinking, oh, cute. It's, it's def- they're definitely advertising it that way, which they should, because that's what the movie is. But exactly. what grounds the comedy, so it's not just all, like, gags, is the the story, the storyline. Yeah, know, so is- people are going to go in thinking they're going in for, for just some cool laughs, and they're going to come out, f- like, actually feeling something, but also having had laughed a lot. So yeah, I, awesome. it's, I think it's really well done, and I hope people love it. Yay, very cool. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. Where can everybody find you to keep up with what you're doing? Because I'm sure this is not the end for all of you. Nope. I hope not. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs. <laughs> We're on those. Um, Stefania Barr have, on the internet. I'm on Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. So I just always say my uh, Instagram, which is at I'm Austin Grant. And uh, I also just started up my art page. I do, like, portrait drawings and stuff like that. And that's on Instagram as well, Austin Grant Art. So both Very of those cool. are cool. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, you can find my stuff on Stefania Bar. That's Stefania with an F. 
Stephanie rhymes with lasagna. Um, <laughs> R with two R's. Be like, What's her name? Yes. Lasagna? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody came up to me once after I told them that. He was like, I can't remember what it was, but I know it had something to do with oatmeal. Oh. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> close, really close. Um, but yeah, Stefani Barr on Facebook. I have a page for my acting and filmmaking stuff. And I also on Instagram, just Stefania Barr. I'm on Twitter too, but I keep that private for my own friends. <gasps> You're one of those like secret accounts one where of those it's not even account- you. Where and- mostly I'm just like posting memes. <laughs> I'll go follow you. Yeah, go follow memes, me. Memes, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And then David? You know, I'm kind of antisocial when All it comes right. to so- the social network. I don't media socially. I don't do that. That's okay. Mm. You well, can, okay. You can. I'm afraid it's going like, to suck write my life out, away. You know, I, I will get lost in it and never get out. Yeah, it can do that. Well, oh, to make up for it, I just remembered you should also find my band, Shrink the Giant. But, but in terms of this project, you should all go to Trek the Movie. Yes, yes. And check that out. Definitely. Trekthemovie.com and Instagram, Trek the Movie, Twitter, Trek the Movie, Facebook, Trek. You guessed it. Just go see it, okay? Just go see it. Please, go see and it. go see it specifically this opening weekend. Yes. So we got to have can... a good opening weekend. Yes. Please, please, please. Awesome. Okay, thank you all so much for coming. We're so excited for Trek, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Bye. Kelsey. So I just sit here laughing. While thunder clouds are crashing. When sun Thank you for listening to the LDS Mission Cast. We hope you enjoyed those interviews with the cast and producers from Trek the Movie. Make sure to go check it out online. Check the website for showtimes in your area. And hopefully, even if the movie isn't showing in your area, when it comes out on DVD or digital download, you can check it out. This movie can be a missionary tool with the right audience. It could make for a great youth night activity. You can invite your friends to it and introduce them to church culture a little bit. But there's some really great themes and much more universal than a straight mormon audience type movie would normally be considered enjoy it it's a fun time it's a funny movie and there's some really good drama in it as well we're glad that you join us each and every week of course thank you to those who've been sharing our episodes with their friends and with those engaged in missionary work at all stages and all forms Next week, we have Brittany Long Olson, who has a really cool book out that you're going to want to check out. And we're doing a giveaway of her book, our first giveaway on the podcast. So make sure to tune in next week. Uh, Other upcoming guests include Anthony Sweat, who is a BYU professor who talks about his book that helps missionaries or others who are going through the temple for the first time to kind of understand what it's about and how to get the most out of their temple worship. We also have musician and video producer Nick Sales, who shows us how using social media and sharing our various unique talents can be used to share the gospel. We have comedian and podcast host, the guy that contributes to us on a regular basis, Sean Rapier. He and I talk about how humor can be a way to open doors in missionary work and to bridge people to the gospel, as, as well as kind of help differentiate when it's inappropriate to use humor when it comes to gospel topics. So stay tuned for those episodes. So much great content coming your way. Don't just keep it for yourself. Share the LDS Mission Cast with your friends. Please take a moment to let us know how we're doing. Send us an email at contact at LDSMissionCast.com. We want to give a big shout out to someone that goes by the handle of Van Mick. He gave us a great five-star review on iTunes. He said, I listened to Sean Rapier's LDS Lives podcast, which Latter-day Lives podcast and heard about this new podcast. I think it's better than I could have hoped for. 
Thank you for the episode on mental health. Well, thank you, Van Mick, for giving us a great review. And we're thankful that you're listening. Hopefully, you're still listening to this episode as well. If so, thumbs up to Van Mick for giving us the, the great review. And make sure to go on all of the platforms where you guys listen to us. And give us great reviews. Not only does it make us feel a little better, but it also helps other people find us and listen to the show. So thank you very much. And until next time, this is Nick Galetti thanking you for listening to the LDS Mission Cast. The world is fine. Get your feather on Get your feather